Hello and welcome to Greedo Shop First. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marcus Marks. And we're back because there is more to talk about. There is a title for episode eight. Yeah, there is. The Last Jedi. What what a title for spurring all sorts of hand wringing and wild extrapolations of meaning. <laughs> People are like, oh my god, this means Luke's gonna die. It's like it does. Why do you say that? Yeah, not not my first take. My first take was I don't even didn't even go to like Luke dying. Is this is a Luke movie, you know, and Ray is definitely going to be in there with him, but I don't know if that Ray is really like a full-on Jedi yet, right? No, I mean, it, obviously it's a reference to Luke. It could also like dual meaning be references to Ray or mm-hmm. other people. We'll have to wait and see, but like it's really obviously a reference to Luke. Which, I mean, the whole last movie is about finding him, and now we found him. Well, what was the question that uh, Kathleen Kennedy asked J.J. Abrams? Who is Luke Skywalker? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I like it because it it, the literal words, The Last Jedi, are in the opening crawl for Force Awakens. Um, But also, it it looks good in the title. Like that picture from Ryan Johnson in the editing room that that he couldn't actually do the opening crawl into today until they actually announced it just, just to be safe. And like, it looks good. Can we just talk about the red logo? I mean, man, yeah, yeah. The red star Wars logo. That just looks awesome. Yeah. Such a good look. I mean, they've done that. They've had red logos for like, I believe revenge of the Sith and return of the Jedi. But I, the, something about just the star Wars, the main logo in red just looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and it's such a simple gesture and seems to like signal to so much. Yeah, you and, see that and you're just like, ooh, yeah, ooh, red, the last Jedi. Wow, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it's. I don't like. I'm not like. Oh my god, it's the best title ever. But like, it's fine. It's hey, it's the last Jedi. Like, there's a kind of there's a feeling of drama and. Um, melancholy almost did it. You know? I would say, here's the th- yeah, here's the thing about Star Wars. Throw out any notion about like ever coming up with like the best title ever or the the most fitting title. Star Wars titles are ridiculous. Well, what I like about this title is that it breaks all the patterns that fans have become obsessed with. Yeah, because they've found patterns where they may or may not exist in the previous six titles or seven titles, and now it's I if I could read anything to this, it's just that they're now willing to like break that cycle. They're like, you know what? No, this doesn't have to be some sort of uh, verb, you know, noun title or, you know, there's, there's no right. other in it or, you know, it's like, no, they just, this is the title. Cause that's what they feel fits the story and no attack, no strikes. Yeah. To me, that's like the first step into getting away from the idea of even needing to do trilogy, 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 you know, like, if they want to just tell stories episodically, they can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I'm very interested. I mean, there's lots of rumors about what Luke and Ray are going to be up to on Octu. Uh, people, of course, going nuts about this and assuming that this title is literal and like binding, and that there will be no more Jedi after this movie that Ray will never become a Jedi and that the Jedi will go away and there will be some new different order 
of the force instead that all the future movies will be about. You can't tell, but I'm making like a jack offhand gesture in the air. Um, like, oh, because well, I mean, literally, Star Wars Rebels. There's the Bindu guy, and that uh, that's probably laying the groundwork for a new group of force users called the Bindu. It's like, no, it isn't. The Shut hypothetical person who just said that just got headbutted by me. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's the here's the best part: is the first line of the movie. Could Luke just shrug and be like, "I thought I was the last Jedi." Wink at camera. You know, I don't even care. By the way, um, how do you feel about me audio mixing this episode so we both sound like Kylo Ren the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not this one. I feel like you're always going to be opposed to that. Uh, I would be much more interested if we were, uh, I don't know, like it was like an episode of like Kylo Ren fan fiction or something. <laughs> well, I've got the the audio settings ready if we ever need to. I want to hear that too before we actually mm-hmm. do it for an episode. I mean, I would want to like if I knew you're going to do that too. I would want to like really make it like sad sack, pathetic, you know, Kylo Ren, slightly ominous. Like talk about the implications. Well, no, that's the thing. Is like you do, you don't want to change your voice at all when you're talking. The the audio effects take care of it all. You know. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, otherwise, stuff to talk about. I, um, I like that there's an audio setting that's just like, like give me like sci-fi mask. No, it's, it's a bunch of different audio unit plugins. Um, like a, a shade from like Kylo Ren to Bane. Put me somewhere on that spectrum. Of course. <laughs> Let's see. Super Bowl is coming. I do not expect there to be a trailer during the Super Bowl they never have before. There's no reason for them to spend the money on a Super no. Bowl ad. No. They don't they don't need to. What would be the point? It's like, oh, you just spent nine million dollars on a sixty second spot when you could have just tweeted the trailer on YouTube and gotten the same well, amount of attention from it. <laughs> I I really wonder though. I I because I mean I'm not a football guy, I'm not a Super Bowl guy. Like does that kind of ad work like really matter still in this day and age as much um i mean i guess it's one of the few events where people get to the tv and sit down and watch but not for something like star wars it's like it's like yeah a lot of people are watching this but like it's not like they weren't gonna watch a star wars trailer you dropped well i mean i i i hate to compare it to trump whatsoever but like trump was so fucking outrageous he didn't need to spend a lot of money on advertising because the media is gonna they they ate that shit up because it was something um, this is Star Wars, though. Yeah, they're gonna people are gonna cover it. They're gonna talk about it. They're gonna speculate over it. If anything, I feel like it would hurt you to release it on Super Bowl Sunday because then you're competing with about four or five other big movie trailers, plus all the the, the other advertisements that people are writing about, plus the actual game. Like, yeah. why would you why would you want to compete with all that when two weeks later, when there's no news going on, you can just be like boom you know like like they did the star wars title just like boom here's the star wars title now everyone's talking about it yeah i mean don't don't lower yourself to say we're in the same arena as whatever this dumbass sexist commercial starring like a former you know quarterback is or whatever um although apparently uh, adam driver is going to be in a snickers commercial go on that's all that's known and apparently people th- they're trying to like 
tie that into like, well, he must be doing it as Kylo Ren in the Snickers commercial, therefore Star Wars trailer. I, I don't quite see those connections, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, so celebration. Yeah, yeah, for the Super Bowl. Celebration is in April, like like mid to late April. Um, I could see them putting out a, tra- a teaser before that, mm-hmm. but I just don't see it being during the Super Bowl. Hmm. I'd like there to be one soon-ish, like maybe in a few weeks. Yeah. Right, last time they, they announced a title, and three weeks later they had a, a teaser come out. So if they follow that same pattern, we'd be getting one like a week after the Super Bowl, I guess. Which is perfect time. Yeah. Um, other than that, there's been a lot of discussion about this idea of like gray Jedi or gray force users. I wonder if you had any thoughts on that. So these are like people who are not good nor bad, not Jedi nor Sith. It's seemingly, I mean, there seems like people have a lot of their own ideas about mm-hmm. what, like, cause there's this, people talk about a gray Jedi and it's like that there's no such thing. It's like, well, maybe they mean gray force user. Like what would that be? I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of where the internet wants to go with this is dumb, and it's like it's probably not. They're gonna they're gonna do something different. They're gonna they're gonna expand this universe. I mean, that whole idea reminds me of all that stupid fan art that like suddenly ended up on the internet like last January of like uh, future sequels where like Kylo Ren was the good guy and like Ray went evil. Um, yeah, that's God. That which is so sexist. Out. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people who think that like, like the the Raylo shippers. They think it's going to be something where Kylo and Ray have like this weird synthesis between them, where they discover like a new middle way of using the Force that's between the Sith and the Jedi, and you know, isn't as dogmatic as either and allows them to have feelings and emotions and also be good guys, but be able to use the dark side, but not evil. Like, I don't know. It really seems like a lot of wish fulfillment to me. Let me, let me, let me throw this notion out there for maybe three people who listen to this podcast. Sure. If, if you listen to this and you are somehow not that it's remotely the same, like a fan of the 100, do you like Kylo Ren? Are you also like a big Bellamy fan? Because um, that's the, that exactly that's the vibe I get. Like you have Clark just going around being a badass and being extreme, and then you have like the people who like for some reason want Bellamy to like end up with her and be cool and not be like a a pansy piece of shit whiny crybaby. Um, the difference is Kylo Ren has a has a lightsaber and a cool mask and a whole aesthetic that's kind of awesome. Um. I mean, that is a popular rumor that there's not necessarily romantic, but some sort of development of the Ray Kylo relationship or whatever Which that makes means. sense. I mean, to have them to have them have, you know, obviously scenes together again, they have to have another confrontation after how it ended on the Starkiller base. Um, I just don't know that we can guess just yet what it could be. And I'm OK with that. <laughs> to the guy who has a podcast about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any of the rumors about convories? No, what's up? <laughs> God, it'll be tough to even explain this quickly. Um, 
So there are these rumors that there might be some kind of weird little like foot, foot and a half foot tall bird puffin like creatures. Are these the things where he's like protecting them on Octune Baby? Yeah, some sort of okay. weird, weird little like kind of quasi muppety little bird creatures that are like hanging out with Luke on the island. Mm-hmm. And there's this uh, in like Clone Wars and Rebels, one of like the retarded ideas that Dave Filoni is injected into the canon is that there's these things called convories, which are these little like force birds or something that like they're like conduits of the force or like they act like living holocrons or some dumb bullshit. And mm-hmm. people are like, oh, convories are going to be a big part of episode eight. I I just do not expect any of the filmmakers to give one ounce of a shit about anything that's happening in the cartoons. You really lost me when you started talking about Rebels and Dave Filoni. Yeah. Uh, God. So who do you dislike more, Dave Filoni or Pablo Hidalgo? Filoni, for sure. Hidalgo is just like, he's just kind of pathetic to me. Like he's a glorified writer's assistant, Mm. but people act like he's like really has a say in things. I mean, it, it seems more clear to me, and I can't remember if we talked about this previously, that in retrospect, it seems kind of like it's like Filoni's, or not Filoni, uh, Hidalgo's like, he's been kind of like taking these like kind of like backhanded pot shots at JJ lately after hmm. Rogue One came out. And it basically like you get the impression that like the story group people liked Rogue One because they got to put a lot of their shit into it. Right. And they didn't like The Force Awakens because JJ and Lawrence Kazan took over and were like, fuck off. Like, we're doing our own thing. You know, you don't, don't tell us how to make a movie. The real storytellers. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Oof. I, I saw the Hidalgo thing where I don't know how it came to me, like my limited scope of the internet, but like him, him explaining why Leia shows up at the end of Rogue One, like where she was and how she got there. Dumb. Yeah. It's like, shut up. Just shut up. But yeah, Filoni, I just can't stand because everything he does feels like it takes place in this separate fan fiction universe that has mm-hmm. no connection to the movies at all. Like, I mean, the shit in like the Clone Wars and Rebels, it just doesn't match up. You're like, no, Princess Leia was not running around with two Jedi who are like taking out ATATs with lightsabers and, and nothing else years before she met Luke. Like that just, I'm sorry, that doesn't make any sort of logical sense within the canon. Right, right. Before she ever heard of Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah. Or like fucking like there's an episode where there are like these weird fucking like hyperspace whales that just like these <laughs> whales that like floated around in space and could go to light speed. Like his, all that stupid Mortis shit from Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. Bringing Darth Maul back and giving him like new legs. And then giving him a brother named Savage Opress, and like Savage all the Opress. all the <laughs> stupid uh, like dark saber Mandalorian shit, which is like a big part of Rebels now, right? They're bringing that into yeah. All, Rebels is basically just like Dave Filoni's like private masturbation session where he like he's mad that he didn't get to finish all these plot lines in the Clone Wars, so he's just like backdooring them into Rebels, mm-hmm. constantly bringing in like his old characters from Clone Wars into Rebels. Like uh, I mean, a fucking dark saber? Are you kidding me? Like, what's that character they created? Uh, Forrest Whitaker? Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Saw Carrera. Ugh. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, like Rogue One in retrospect feels like the best possible, <laughs> better than it should be version of like a Dave Filoni movie, even though you didn't have, you know, just basically beyond like some input, you know. Well, I like uh, how uh, Rogue One's supposed to be, you know, the, the first victory against the evil Galactic Empire, according to the crawl. But like on Rebels, they like stole a whole like troop carrier, just like this like stupid asshole kid and his like sidekicks. Well, like, hijacked an entire like Imperial like troop or uh, like air carrier or something like that. This, this is just my knowledge from, from afar. They've encountered numerous Inquisitors and Darth Vader several times. Yeah. I would call all of those major victories. They brought in Thrawn. They're like, oh, you Star Wars fans like Thrawn, right? They made him as boring as possible. Like he's he's just like any other Imperial officer, only he's blue and he talks a lot about having a strategy that we never actually see enacted. And is he is he uh, a Grand Admiral already? I'm not sure if they call him a Grand Admiral or not. I know I know he's Thrawn. Um because, I mean, I, I finally bailed on the show a few episodes ago. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. It's terrible. But his character, they they bring him in, get everyone all excited. Like, oh, Thrawn's going to be on Rebels. He's totally boring. He sucks. And they're just, like, coasting on that nostalgia, basically, of, like, hey, you guys like Thrawn, right? Here he is, even though he's, like, not nearly as interesting as he was in the books that you liked. They did the same thing with Wedge. They brought Wedge in. He was totally boring. They changed this whole backstory for no reason. Does uh, is this the one that like uh, Freddie Prince Jr. writes for, or just he doesn't? He doesn't, he doesn't write for it. I don't believe he does the voice of like the okay. the main Jedi guy. Because I know he's like he's tried to be a, a writer on some animated things before. So yeah, I maybe I don't know. I just think like I know like you know like Westworld like part of what makes their writers interesting is that they brought in actual like sci-fi writers like sci-fi you know sci-fi novel writers mm-hmm. you know so but it has an interesting flavor like why not bring in Timothy Zahn? I'm pretty sure show? seriously yeah I'm because I'm pretty sure at one point in the Clone Wars like one of Lucas's kids was on the writing staff so oh, yeah? you know do Jet? with that no, no no the daughter I believe so oh. do with that what you will you know but I don't know it it, it annoys me that there's this like cartoon it's targeted at kids they pump out like in a three-year time span the same time span it would take to make one of the the major episode movies they can pump out like 12 times as much content you know like just in terms of hour like there's like 24 hours of stuff compared to a two-hour movie and like we're supposed to like treat it all like with the same weight and be like sure a cartoon that nobody watches except hardcore star wars fans and kids like you're you're just as equal as the movie and if people watching the movies, they'll just have to watch the cartoon to understand what's going on. It's like, no, it's just not going to happen. Well, so two things. First, uh, apologies to Prince Heads. Uh, I found out that he's only written a single episode of his sitcom, one episode of that show, Mutant X, and then uh, a lot of WWE SmackDown, bulk of the series. Um, but I remember I remember seeing – I used to be like a big Star Trek nerd when mm-hmm. I was – and I remember like somebody had gotten me like the Star Trek fan club magazine for my birthday, like a subscription. And I remember flipping through an article, right, when like Star Trek First Contact came out. And it was like an interview of like somebody who who worked on the staff of like Deep Space Nine. And they were like, well, what do you think about like the fact that the Defiant, it's almost destroyed in First Contact? And the guy's just like, 
uh, I, I don't approve. No one asked my permission. As far as I'm concerned, you'll never see anything reflecting that in the show whatsoever. And I remember thinking like, oh, TV shows and movie universes, they don't have any connection at all. They don't matter. And I really feel that with Rebels. Well, they, they the Lucasfilm's really trying to push this idea that like all new canon is equal. It's all part of the canon. And it's like, it's clearly not true. And it's well, look sooner at or later... Yeah, yeah, you see the same stuff with Marvel and even Netflix stuff, you know, like yeah. Netflix Marvel doesn't seem to talk to Agents of Shield Marvel at all and they neither really talk to movie Marvel. I they the way it used to be back in the old EU is they were like there were the movies where it's called like G canon, like George Lucas canon. And mm-hmm. everything else is like, yeah, sure. As as long as uh the movies don't need to overwrite this, you can go with this, you know. That's that's probably how it happened. But like, be prepared at any time for one of the like the prequels or something to contradict. And you just kind of had to live with it, you know. It's like this is this is extra ancillary stuff. It's not the same as the movies, and you just I feel like once you embrace that, both as a, a reader and as like a creator, then you're free to do what you want and not really concern yourself with like pretending that it all matches up. You maybe want to go back in time to like the nineties. Release an album under my rap moniker of G Cannon <laughs> called Shadows of the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just to summarize, The Last Jedi, I think we're both fairly excited about this title. Very curious. Um, I love that they released that, that Ryan Johnson released that uh, that picture of like the editing room. Oh, the, the crawl. Suite, yeah. yeah, that's that's just awesome. And it just it, looks, the crawl, I mean, that's all you need to know. It looks good in the crawl. The crawl will be yellow. I guess some people are like, ooh, maybe that will be red too. Uh, and he, he apparently said, no, it's still going to be yellow. Yeah. I like the red logo for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, just, you know, it's like if you had any doubts whatsoever, they should have been massaged into okayness with the uh, picture of the crawl. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to talk about Star Wars wise? Uh, no, I think we covered it. All right. Well, uh, fingers crossed. Maybe we'll have a trailer in a few weeks. Who knows? Uh, if not, probably probably like in April, I would guess. But no, I feel like Rogue One is over now. Like it's still technically in the theaters, but like no one's talking about Rogue One anymore. It's like you can you can start marketing episode eight. You release the title. Let's do this. To be fair, it it we should mention because we kind of should talk it a lot as it deserves. Mm-hmm. It did cross the one billion worldwide mark. Yeah, it's halfway to Force Awakens. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Golf clap for you, Rogue One. All right. Well, may the Force be with you. Always. Always.